0: LDB, baba, 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 ba, 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 LDB, LDB, Good evening, LDB. We are back after a three-week hiatus to your lovely podcast. I am your host, Chris Schutzer. I am joined by our co-commissioner, Matt Starr. Matt, how are you doing? Hey, not bad, Chris, Good to be back after a few weeks off. It's really my fault. I'll have to go into that in a moment. And, uh, and also we are joined by Michael Becker. Michael, how are you doing? Doing great. Very excited to talk baseball. I'm excited to talk baseball too. Uh, especially in light of the fact that we tried to plan this around the fact that there's a uh, home run derby going on right now. I think Pete Alonso is very likely going to win. Uh, after his 35 homer first round, that star just let us know about. But, but Becker, you made a bet on this. Yeah.
1: I made two bets actually. <laughs> I only referred to one in our pre chat, but uh, I threw some money on Juan Soto at nine to one. I threw some money on Matt Olson uh, at a little less odds. And as of this moment, Matt Olson is out. I don't know how many of us will have watched the home run derby by the time this comes out, probably tomorrow but that was an epic matchup against Trey Mancini, but I am, I am rooting hard for Juan Soto, not just because I'm a nationals fanboy, but I really do think as kind of a degenerate gambler, if he gets past Shohei and all the money is going to be on Shohei, uh, he is primed to go to the championship in this home run derby. And I'm excited to see it, but right now we, I'm watching Sal Perez, uh, just juice balls out to right fields. Um, uh, you know, but we'll, so we'll see. You might, if I don't speak for five minutes, it's because I'm just like jazzing out over one. Soto.
0: we'll make sure to alert the listeners to the fact that Soto is hitting so that your distraction is, Uh, it makes sense. They can (laughs) experience this just as we are. Yeah. How exciting is that? You mind telling our listeners, like how
1: much do you throw down when you make a bet like this? Oh gosh, not much. Like 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Like these are, this is not, this is not big time money. This is just kind of a little, little chump change. I'm not in the big states, but in Virginia, I can, I can use DraftKings, Kings, which is nice. This is not an advertisement for DraftKings, Kings, but, uh, one of the small <laughs> perks. Sponsoring of living, the podcast now. Yeah. One <laughs> of the, yeah, I, I am open to sponsorship offers. Like if, if anyone is listening, I know we're on Spotify and other streaming services, um, five stars, by the way, if you enjoy the content, but, um, yeah, I would take a DraftKings sponsorship.
0: <laughs> how much money do you think Manscaped throws down at all these fantasy oh, podcasts? God, just because they, they do literally all of them. And ungodly like, amount. How many guys have they convinced to buy their Weed Whacker? <laughs> too many. Way too
1: many. I mean, that, that's what ad, advertising works. I guess it works.
0: Mm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well... Uh, all right, I'm rooting for for Soto for you. I think that'll Thank be you. fun. Thanks. It will be fun. Although I will say, I think the the feel good story's got to be Mancini, right? Gosh, yeah. He had such
1: a great first round, and he's got a compact swing. I don't know. Th- this is all going to be moot because by the time people actually listen to this, they will have realized that Shohei Otani hit fifty six home runs in the first <laughs> round, and then like seventy in the second, and eighty five in the final round. But um, Until we actually
0: see him perform, uh, this is all we got. Yeah. Well, for our listeners, I think this is going to feel very different than our average podcast, partially because we have not done this in three weeks, uh, which again, I wanted to take a moment and apologize to all of you. That's my fault. I uh, went to Hawaii with the family. It was long planned, but just absolutely. How dare you? I know. I know. But I couldn't bring it to, to find a way to make this happen. And then, you know, it just sort of made sense to. Uh, take stock over the, the the all-star weekend and do a podcast now but that left us with a very weird setup for today not only did we not have a guest um, but on top of that like our playoff uh, scenarios are pretty well decided in ldB also we're missing an important member of the pod yeah our, our resident seller sean Sean Crean is not here um, so there's a lot of things that are a little bit wacky about this but uh, I think actually what might make the most sense as a segue to start talking about LDB is to say, Star, are you worried about uh, the the droids that we've all been looking for? Um, because I believe that the droids we've been looking for are now ahead of you. And uh, they're kind of chuckling on screen that they're ahead of you. No chuckling. <laughs> no chuckling going on. Star, if you had to set a market, I mean, would, would, I'm going to set you guys up for another little sports bet. Uh, how confident are you that you're going to come back and beat Becker after the season's over?
2: Uh, not super confident, honestly. I feel like this—it's it, you know we're we're pretty clearly in a toss-up situation here at this point. You know, and Becker's now got a game lead on me. I don't—I could probably take a look at strength of schedule. Uh, it's probably about even, though I would assume, without without really looking at it. So. Uh, my team has not been playing super well the last couple of weeks. Becker's team has been uh, annihilating people. It just, uh, you know, th- there was bound to come a cold spell. I didn't lose my first game of the season until week nine. I've now lost two weeks in a row. One to Hughes, which, you know, was not the best. Uh, so, you know, it's it's, I, it's part of why I felt compelled to make a move and add Nelson Cruz uh, over the weekend because I just felt like things were spiraling a little bit and I need to try to do something
0: to right the ship. Yeah, you both have made moves since last we spoke. Um, and so Becker, I know yours is a week old at this point, but or two at this point. Uh, you, you made two moves in rapid succession. Was that really one trade or was it like, hey, we could have done more here? What happened there?
1: That's a great question. So I really wanted FAM and agreed to a deal with Ryan. And I said, and Right before I pulled the trigger on that deal, I thought to myself, gosh, Correa would be great. Um, And I almost reached back out to him and said, what if we put Correa on top of this? What else would it take? But I didn't want to push my luck. So I said, hey, Ryan, um, pleasure doing business with you. I will have interest in Correa. I'm going to make you an offer within the next day or so. Um, made an offer. He got back to me, and we did it. So, uh, Fam and Correa for a first rounder in 2023 and a second rounder in 2023. And I like that. I think it's fair for both teams. He he needed some picks, and I needed some guys to improve on base percentage, RBI, some of the hitting statistics that was kind of lacking on. So, no, I'm I'm I feel good about my boys. I know I said previously that uh it wasn't time to talk about the tones now is the time to talk about the tones.
0: All right let's talk about the tones. <laughs> I mean I,
1: I think I think I think I have a good team um it's not the best team out there. I think there are maybe one if not two teams better than mine but the tones are pretty good uh, and still looking for ways to improve but I, I told you we'd talk about them at some point I did. I promised you that. And you thought I was just kind of, you know,
0: putting you off, but now is the time to talk about the tones. So you're what, if you were to explain to someone, not in our league, why you're confident, how would you describe in a 16 team league, the way that you've set your team apart? It's just a, it's a feeling you get when you just get excited
1: at your core and it starts just pulsing through your veins that's how I would explain it to somebody who doesn't know LDB because otherwise I would just bore him to death.
0: So I I've noticed that you've built a really low whip team. Uh, that seems like the, the, the crux of the pitching strategy. And some of that is a little bit of luck. I mean, Robbie Ray, sure. even though I, my bold prediction may, may come true on that one about him leading the, the blue Jays pitchers in war. Um, I, I I do think that you could not have seen this coming. Of course
1: not. No. So I uh, I'll tell you honestly. I got really lucky with Peralta with Ray. Ivaldi has had a good season, but especially with Peralta and Ray, two guys probably in the top fifteen, if not top twenty, starting pitchers, uh, who I paid probably fifteen million for, and so you. It was a strategy, a deliberate strategy, not to spend on starting pitching and to, um, to get rewarded with that type of output. I never expected. I really expected just to um, scuffle with innings and, and MGS, meanwhile, building out a bullpen to compensate for the fact that I wasn't spending on pitching. So this was the plan, but I got exceedingly lucky on uh, those two guys hitting in particular because they they've brought back a
2: lot of value. And let's not, let's not ignore uh, Adam Wainwright either, who has also been, like, I'm looking at your the, the stats that guys have actually produced for your team. Wainwright actually, it actually looks like has been maybe more valuable than Robbie Ray
1: has. That, I'm surprised by that, but not so surprised. I mean, my, my philosophy going into the, the draft was, how can I get innings from old, boring guys um, who are not the hot young things? So I, I wasn't going to be able to spend 50 million on Max Scherzer or, or 20, 30 million on uh, Kim and Gaussman. I just knew like, all right, who's going to get innings and maybe have a 4.5 ERA and a 1.3 whip um, to where I can make innings, but then rely on my other ratios, but I'm getting kind of other value from those starters. So very pleased by that. Uh it's a long season. I think Brophy's got a better team. I think Dubner's got a better team. Star and I are neck, neck and neck. I think you probably have a better team. So I'll revise that, and I'll say there are probably like three or four better teams than mine. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. It's exciting to compete uh, after having not competed for the first at least two years in the league, and then go season was fun last year. But, no, it's it's fun to cash some chips in and uh, let it ride.
0: I going, because you referenced mine real quick. I I don't think I have a better team than you right now. I think if, if my pitchers come back, then I, then I will. And that's a big if because we're running out of season. There's not much landing pad for the plan. You will. Um, But if I get Flaherty back, if I get means back and they actually look like they did, then, you know, then this is a different team. So. And then the last thing I'll
1: say is like, that's in part why I bought guys like Robbie Ray or, or, uh, Adam Wainwright is because I knew that if I paid eight million for Robbie Ray and he blew out his elbow by week 12, um, I could find another Robbie Ray or at least somebody relatively similar on the
0: wire. Yeah, um, I really didn't want to invest a lot in one particular guy. So I, I, I'm going to use you as a springboard to something I wanted to talk about here as well, which is that The direction of the league from the ghost season, and I was sort of wondering if it was going to stay this way. I remember like how out of place it seemed that uh, Reese Hoskins was available like three days before he was called up to the Phillies, the year that he got called up. I feel those days are over in LDB. It's a shift that has happened. And this is my way of giving you some credit on working the wire incredibly well. Um, and and Becker, I think there are a number of teams that have done this this year. But here are the list of guys that you currently have on MS contracts from this year. Colin McHugh, who, if you're not paying attention, by the way, this year has a 1.67 ERA and a 0.9 whip. Um, Andrew Kittredge, another great reliever, 1.47 ERA, 0.86 whip. Kendall Graveman, an ERA uh, under one, a whip at 0.6. You also picked up your catcher, uh, Zunino uh, whose batting average is below the Mendoza line nonetheless 19 homers and 37 RBIs is nothing to sniff at there um, how much would you say at this juncture it's like super critical to be working the wire to be effective can,
2: can, and we can, can we add one there he also added he's on a K contract but he picked up Cedric Mullins after the auction too
0: fair enough who
2: has been like one of the best players in fantasy this year
1: it, Go ahead, it's been critical. It's been critical. And, you know, I, I I'm flattered that you recognize that. I appreciate that. I still um, I recognize that there's so many really, really, really smart guys in this league um, who are very, very tu- tuned in to transactions that if if you want to hit on a guy, you've got to be early. That also means that you're going to miss on some guys. If you remember Camilo Duval from the Giants, Uh, that reliever who I, I think I got him up after his first relief appearance in the majors. And then he blew three saves in a row and lost me like, you know, six VJ, right? So you have, you have to take some hits and you have to take some misses. Um, I, I, I still am in awe though of guys like Brophy. It seems like every time Brophy picks up a player. And I think I'll, I'll add you to this list, Chris, uh, I don't know who the fuck they are, right? I Anytime I get an email that says Brophy's Choice has picked up a player off the wire, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I look him up on Savant and he just breathes fire. Uh, So uh, while I feel like I've gotten lucky, there's still a level of knowing the player pool that I think is absolutely necessary to succeeding because you can't just rely on a draft. And I actually asked... This is two years ago when I asked Matt Starr, um, why is Brophy so good? And what Matt told me is that he just knew the player pool inside now. And so um, I I certainly wasn't there and I'm getting better at knowing the player pool, but I recognize that that's what it takes. I think a lot of us realize that's what it takes is you got to know who it is in the minors who is coming up so that you're not waiting three days of MLB performance, that you're going to be able to, Snatch him, and I'll tell you. Two days ago, Brophy took Cal Raleigh, who I was primed to pick I, up. Yeah, I was I was ready to pick him up, and I was looking for a spot. And the games had already started. I was gonna put some guys on the IL and pick up Cal Raleigh, and all of a sudden, Brophy got him. So I feel like you know, if I'm only like four hours behind Brophy, I'm making progress because before I was a week and a half, or I'd Google a guy and be like, at what point did Chris Schutzer pick up, you know, this guy, it's like, man, yeah, you know, that was five weeks ago. I'm only now hearing about him. So it's, it's yeah. tough. This is a tough league, but I appreciate uh, you recognizing that, you know, I, I've worked hard at it. Um, and I think I've, I've gotten more lucky than I have, you know, just good.
2: So I want to give, I, some- I, will say with, yeah. I, I want to say with Brophy real quick, Just he has very clearly made the waiver wire, like just a part of his, Strategy at this point, like he leaves intentionally, leaves himself more money than anyone else, so that he can just like pick up anyone and, and anyone, anyone and everyone that he wants without really having to worry about money. And that has really paid huge dividends for him over the last couple of years. I think his team kind of got stronger over the course of this year, and I think you kind of see that with him pretty consistently. Um, that trajectory because of how he's able to work the waiver wire like you know and this year's just another example of that
1: Otani helps but
2: <laughs> I I agree. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree you look at his bullpen from day one and you look at it now and it's just night and day and
0: he knew that would happen and I think for for good reason what's interesting to me about the the year Brophy's had I I do think that Raleigh may well flip this a little bit but his success this year i think has been more in picking up pitchers than picking up hitters um and uh that's interesting because i i don't think he needed the pitchers as much as he needed the hitters but it has solidified his lead of just having absolutely one of the best staffs in our league in that uh in that regard but i i think you know um it'll be interesting to see like if if folks start to adjust I felt like I did not have enough money coming out of the draft this year it's the first time I, I thought to myself you know I always ask for five million maybe I need to start asking for like nine um, because you don't want to be in that position where at the beginning of the season you're like I don't want to pick this guy up because it costs the full 500k you know whereas now we're in the point of the season where I don't think anyone's really even looking at the financial sheet anymore they're just like getting their guy when they see him well, I had to make some real small moves just to, just to get a few million here or there. I traded
1: Eric Fetty. I traded a bunch of other guys, uh, for just bits and pieces. I, I made a lot of waiver trades just for like 0.25. Uh, cause I, I, I value having some flexibility on the wire. It's part of the reason why I haven't promoted, um, some of my homegrown guys. I think there are replacements available at, you know, 0.25 contract right now. Um, yeah, having having some money at the end is, I think, really valuable. And like Star, you're you're pretty stretched for cash. Do you feel inhibited at
2: all by your financial situation? Oh yeah, it, I, I, I I'm not super pleased with myself for getting myself into this situation. Um, you know, I just partly picking up guys, partly I traded cash in. I don't know one or two of those. I didn't know I traded, give race some cash for Liam Hendricks and, you know, just added up, <laughs> kind of got, got away from me a little bit. And all of a sudden I was, in, I was at a point where I could pick up like one more player <laughs> uh, and I'd like to have a little bit more flexibility than that. It's I feel like, it's, it's, you know, I don't think it's the main, it's the only reason that my team has struggled of late, but I think, you know, I've seen some injuries and I haven't really been able to, um, replace the injured guys as well as I might have been able to if I had a little
0: bit more cash and flexibility there. You have made some of the savvier pickups though. And I will cite uh, Scope. You've had him for his hot streak here. That's been pretty phenomenal. Um, I also noted- It's
2: over. It's over now, but it, you know I, there was a month. There was a month of like 1,200 OPS in there, which, you know, that can't complain about that.
0: Well, and I also, like, I was like, probably 10 days ago, I was like, it's time for me to pick up Duran. <laughs> I was like, I, I think I think he's going to get the promote in like another three weeks. And I just don't want to be late. So I went to the wire and I looked and Star had picked him up two months earlier. And I was like, what? <laughs> 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 so. I, the, you re-
2: I really thought that was going to happen a little bit earlier. That, yeah. Uh, I want to hear the about the Duran what, what, What's the date? July was it July twelfth today? And he's still not up. now? I can't say I expected that. Honestly, the only reason it worked out is because like I haven't had enough money to have a full roster to like force my hand to like drop somebody good. If I might, if I if that had happened, I probably I may have dropped him like a month after I picked him up. Uh, but my financial situation is <laughs> not as such that like I was I ever had a roster crunch because I you know I've always had guys on the IL. Uh, so he, he stayed around and now now I have to keep it
1: <laughs> so Duran Duran is going to be an impact bat he is going to be I think a, a huge factor for you down the stretch and he was someone I had my I had my eye on for a long time and I was just waiting to press the button um, and I, I don't think I'm alone I think there are some other owners in the league who felt that way I'm I, reading between the lines I think Sean was like that too on Duran um, so when Star picked him up, my first reaction was like, "Fuck!" I oh, and I, I think that happens a lot with a lot of different guys, and it's fun to watch whether that like bears out, whether your first instinct is correct. It's like, man, I missed an opportunity, or whether Jaron Duran goes up, does a Jared Klenic and then gets sent down in two
0: weeks. Uh, but so, I hope he, I hope he does well. I think we got to remember this for next year though, right? Cause the podcast, like we've done a decent job up until this three week break that we just took, but of keeping it, be, you know, as a consistent thing, we ran our, uh, who's done a good job with the wire in like week three or four of the season. It was way too early. I think if we go back and listen to the names that we listed, it- it'll be a joke. And the the reason is not because the players weren't good or were good, but because like in reality, baseball, these guys get hot, they get cold. It's who's consistent. It's why Brophy's good. I will use this as my one moment to take the victory lap on Adoles Garcia, who went ice cold for a stretch there, but the numbers on the season are still legit. So um, like that, that has been, that's been one of the guys that I've been pleased with. Star, at this point, am I allowed to firmly believe in, in Patrick Sandoval?
2: uh i mean he looked good he was a guy i i liked in 2019 uh it was kind of like touted as a potential breakout and didn't really do it uh in 2019 wait who just won like, who's who, who's winning the, between otani and Soto? i don't actually know what's final i think i'm on the delay it? and there's six seconds left i think, they just, and down I think they just tied each other sorry sorry to get distracted but i think they just tied at 22. oh no
1: that's after time Oh, wait, maybe. No, it was, the, it was the one
2: before that.
1: Oh, yeah. boy. All right. You guys are just, this is
2: terrible podcasting.
0: Right. Wait, so what yeah, is this? Yeah, group, I, it, like, they, do they both get one extra minute or something? Who knows?
2: Yeah, I don't know what happens when they tie. I, I guess we'll find out here in a second.
0: Um, All right. well, yeah, well, so, uh, what,
2: Patrick Sandoval has looked outstanding, and um, you know, I, I, I'm pulling up his numbers right now, but well, he's got that change up, right? I feel like I've seen that thing on pitching ninja all over the place. Yeah. And that thing is nasty. And he's managed to turn into a uh, you know, really solid repertoire around it. Um, which is great. You know, this is a guy who's had an ERA over five the last couple of seasons. So to see him kind of turn into this pitcher is, is very impressive. And that's a great guy to have kind of the back end of your rotation, especially, you know, given your situation with your lack of rotation depth due to injury.
0: I mean, I I just count my lucky stars that I'm exiting this uh, with a a, a playoff team, which I I think at this point I can safely now say I I will have one, Um, which is my segue. Let's do this. Um, We're going to take five minutes here to just say we think the playoff field is set. Uh, All you eight teams that are not currently within striking distance, I challenge you to prove me wrong. Um, I think the closest team that's not currently in playoff position is 14 games back. So it would take a run. It would take. I think, think it's
2: twelve, actually. I think it's. I think it's Hughes uh, at twelve back uh, in the Union. He's twelve back of Josh for uh, the last spot in the Union.
0: Yeah, and he already sold some parts, uh, but he keeps on winning. So you know what, Josh? Uh, Josh, you you better you're on notice. Like you got to start winning and, and actually, Sean Sean is only twelve back
2: of Jorvi. That that might be the more interesting one because Jorvi just lost. Jorby has lost his two best players uh, for the season, and that sucks for Jorby, and that sucks for baseball. But it is good news for Sean. Um, and I think if there's one – you know, Hughes, Hughes' team has been playing well, but Hughes sold. I don't think Hughes is coming back. Sean has not sold yet. If Sean were to get Sean gets Beaver and Gallen back and Jorby's team kind of drops off, that's the one – that's the one – spot that I'd say maybe isn't 100% wrapped up right now just given the state the injury situations with both of those teams but I don't really know what I don't really have a good sense of when like Bieber and Gallen are coming back is it going to be you know is it going to be enough to get it done you know over the next six weeks
0: well maybe we can sort of fuse these two things that we wanted to cover today and say why don't we take a moment to look at our sellers and who are the who are the biggest players that we expect to move at our deadline, which I believe for you folks listening is July 22nd. I got a notification on my phone that that was the case. If it's not the case, Star will tell us before the cast is over, I'm sure. Um, he's I don't think it's July 22nd. I think that's, that's wrong, hold on. It, it's, it's Sunday, uh, it's the 25th. Sunday, the 25th. All right, so we've got some time. Um, I'm looking at at Sean's team. If Sean makes the moves, he also just put out that email. It's clear he's not going to move Devers, but he needs to move Story, who's on an S4 contract. Story's had a a pretty good year when he's played, but he's obviously gone through his ding-up phase. He also probably wants to move uh, George Springer, but Springer's not having a great season. Uh, Will Myers could go. Uh, I'm surprised he's not immediately saying Brendan Crawford could go. Um, because Brendan Crawford is on a an MS contract and he had a pretty solid year. That guy's
2: having a season.
0: I know. Um, so then you know, obviously, as we would have expected before the season began, Sean's biggest trade pieces are probably pitchers. Gallon, I think, is scary, uh, but he's he's good. I, I I'll be curious to see if Sean is willing to move guys like uh, Um And then the big piece is Bieber. I mean, at this point, though, like, what do you even have to pay to get a guy like Bieber? Because the risk is so high. Like, Bieber was not, before he got injured, he wasn't even looking like himself. I mean, he was fine. He just, I I mean, I I think
2: maybe we talked about this on the cast. Like, I'm not really worried about Bieber in terms of the quality of pitching. I'm just more worried about the injury because you know, trading for any injured, presently injured pitcher would scare the shit out of me as a contender, which is, you know, why I've not done that yet. <laughs> and I think it's it's a, it's a tough sell. Um, you know, I, I think my guess is Sean's going to end up holding on to Beaver because he's not going to get what he wants. And if Beaver comes back and, you know, finishes the season like Shane Beaver, he is a good keeper at that price. So I think, I don't think Sean gets what he wants. And I think Sean holds Beaver. Gallon's interesting because he can't keep Gallon. But I don't know. Again, Gallon's been dealing with uh, – I mean, he had this elbow issue. let put him on the DL or the IL a couple of times, and now he's what, got a hamstring issue. Just like, not, it's not a guy you have a whole lot of confidence with. And I, and I love that Gallon, but um, it's, it's tough to to get much. I think it's going to be tough to get much for him. I think the one big trade ship he has is Trevor Story. Um, Story is probably maybe the biggest impact bat of anyone who could potentially be out there this point um and so and that's that's if he moves somebody and gets a big return it's probably going to be for
0: trevor story all right becker the biggest name to get traded in ldb that has not already been traded will be i'd say beaver
1: i i just think it's it's bad timing unfortunately for sean um you know Bieber would be a great chip but he's injured gallon's injured it, i i actually think it works out in his favor. They become healthy sometime after the trade deadline and they allow him to run down Charvey. I think that's how it's gonna play out, um, which would be a little bit of a shock, but not too much to me at least. But I think, I mean, I, I don't know who is buying at this point, right? So I, I have bought, um, I think, I don't know how many bullets Star has left to, to buy, but he he has some pieces he can he can use. But
0: like, who who's buying? Are you buying? I, I like I have basically already made clear to everyone who's asked that I'm comfortable waiting pretty much until 24 hours left to go yeah. to see what I need because at this juncture I know I have a playoff team and I I, I don't think any guy that I get is going to be the difference between catching Brophy and not. So I feel pretty confident that. The right strategy is just to make sure that the the team I have stays healthy through the deadline. And then if I need to make a move, I'll make one. You know, if, if Jack Flaherty has not even had a rehab start, uh, on June, sorry, on July 25th, I'll be nervous. And it seems like we're heading in that direction. Um, but I'm supposed to get means back in the meanwhile, and that will make me feel a little bit better. Um, I think if I feel confident that I'm getting at least one of my studs back uh, in addition to means before the season's out, then I won't feel pressured into going out and getting a guy.
1: Well, I understand Trevor Bauer's failed. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, that's that's not a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, maybe, that's, maybe that's
2: a
1: great podcast. I'm sorry know. for baiting you. Uh,
0: yeah, well, you know, I. Like, so Woodruff is the other guy that should get traded. Woodruff is my answer for who who is the best player left to get traded that has not been traded. What about DeGrom? I don't think he's going to trade DeGrom.
2: He's not going to trade DeGrom. I've talked to him about this. Like, he, unless someone's just going to, I think you're right. I think that none of the buyers, or none, of the, none of the buyers are inspired enough to give up, like, it's be, I'm just going to be out there. I offered Andrew Vaughn for Jacob Degrom, and he said no. If he's not accepting, if he's not taking Andrew Vaughn for Jacob Degrom, Andrew, uh, Jacob Degrom is not getting cha- getting traded. Like straight up, like no one's gonna no one's gonna offer a prospect that is better than Andrew Vaughn for Jacob Degrom right now.
1: I've got a prospect who's better than Andrew Vaughn.
2: Yeah, but you're not gonna trade him.
1: <laughs> I'm not. Right. I'm not saying that there's, there's right.
2: not a prospect that exists. And there there are brothers right. who exist who are better than Andrew, but no one's going to trade them.
1: That's that's a fair statement. Uh,
2: yeah, and so I, I don't can't think the gets I, moved.
1: I I would like to think that Woodruff gets dealt, but I I don't know. They, there have been opportunities. I, I just I think I it's gonna be a, slow Mar- Mark, Mark
2: is a new, Mark is a new dad, so that we'll see. <laughs> that oh of, like, God bless or, him. 48 hours ago so oh wonderful that that also
0: that also may be factoring in that's awesome way to go mark you did it congratulations dude um i think if somebody is gonna is yet to buy that's going to buy there's actually two teams i'll identify the first one is josh i don't blame josh for sort of hanging out and waiting right that no team has been through other than Jorvi, who like i think we can just we we all know why Jorvi's where he is I think other than like Josh is the squad that I don't know what he's going to be in the playoffs. I don't. Um, in fact, let's take a moment on this team. Is that okay with you guys? If we oh, all yeah. Open
2: up, yeah, let's do it. Um,
0: I I think so. Scherzer is obviously a very legit player. Let's look at his pitching to start because I think that like going into the season, that's where we expected this team to dominate. So, Bueller's great. Fulty's not good. Uh, Stripling has been a disappointment. Marcus Stroman, I think I believe in him. Alex Wood, I think I believe in him. Like, are you- at I, least- no, no, no,
2: no, no, no. Have you seen what Alex Wood has done in the last, like, month? He has, like, a six ERA or something. It's over. I mean, Alex Wood came back. He came back to earth That happened. and it's done. The Alex Wood renaissance is over.
0: <laughs> as is the Danny Duffy. I know he's lost some ticks on the fastball. So, like, but as we take a step back and look at this pitching staff, True or false? You would not want to play this team in the playoffs. I would not. I'm not excited to play Josh. I don't think that's a layup. It's not a layup, He's not. It's not a layup, but it's not something that
2: scares me. I mean, he's in better shape than he was. But when I played him, you know, I I won because his pitching. I mean, again, this won't hurt him as much in the playoffs. But his pitching depth destroyed him and in our matchup. He like was forced to play a bunch of really bad pitchers Uh, in the playoffs. It's a little better because he could probably, you know, Bueller, Stroman, Churzer. If one of those guys gets two starts, that might be all he needs. Um, So that, that helps.
1: So Josh, it's um, not
2: a team that scares me.
1: Josh, I just played Josh. Uh, I beat him nine, three though. He, I think offensively he had a real down week. It's not something you would expect him to do again. Uh, but I agree with Star that his issue is pitching depth, and how do you fix that? I'm not sure the answer is get a, a Woodruff because that's just one guy, and you're you still might have to throw Fulton Abich and Wood and some others. Um, so, like, I think that's a team. If 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 I were Josh, and this is easy for me to say, but it's not my team, but like. I think there are some smaller tweaks that might be more productive than like a big, big, big splash.
0: No, I think um, Josh is the team that needs hitting. That's the point I was trying to make in my whole intro of like, I think the pitching's pretty legit. I think his pitching's good. Um, I think, I, I also think the pitching is a little more of a crapshoot than hitting. Right. Uh, right. Like, you know, the lefty righty matchups that you're going to get with your hitters, you know what you can do. Um, his hitting is where where he needs work. Like, he's basically got Tatis and a bunch of, like, what the hells.
1: Well, Tatis and Machado can literally win you an entire week if they just go off. But that's not something you want to
0: bank on in the playoffs. Okay, currently in his starting lineup, though, he has Adam Frazier. Uh, He's had a great year. He's an all-star, isn't he? Adam
2: Frazier is having an amazing year.
0: Okay. Jose uh, uh, Iglesias. Yeah,
2: that's uh-huh. not a good situation right there. Confort, the with
0: injury, Michael Taylor. I mean, I, like, I, this, this, the, Sean, Sean Murphy's fine. I don't know that, like, I'd be thrilled. There's, there's not much about the offense that scares me. That's the point I'm trying to
1: make. There's some injuries, but yeah, I no, I, I understand. I mean, I, I don't know when Bregman's coming back. I don't know when. Uh, and look, at, his bench right now includes Hupton, who's injured, and Rosario, who's injured. Like, those you can't, you can't get by on one bench player uh, and expect to compete. So I mean, it's either it's either cash to pick up some waiver players or you know some offensive depth. I, I agree with you. I think probably offense is more of a pressing move for Josh, but he can also he also probably recognizes that I don't know if he's a shoe- in for the playoffs, but he's primed for a playoff position and so it's like all right, how do I best situate myself for a playoff run? my batters get healthy, and then I've got some, you know, three studs I can rely on.
0: All right, let's take a quick
2: minute on Doom. Yeah, I, I would say, I think Josh, just, just looking at this, I, I could see Josh being like the team that goes out and makes a big splash for Chris Bryant and Brandon Woodruff or something. I mean, that like, that's, to get like, two, like one of the biggest bats and the biggest uh, pitchers available, I think, you know he has needs on both sides and maybe hasn't made his move yet so could happen Who knows?
0: hey did you guys see that there was a max muncie that got drafted in the first round yesterday that's not max muncie that was fun <laughs> yeah because <laughs> okay, now what are we going to do which max muncie and um, and it's not and it's not related to max muncie in any way either uh well yeah um that's really bizarre uh, I want to take a moment on Dubner's team. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. So is Dubner going to do any buying? This offense is legit. It has been. Yeah. Already.
1: I think he gets a pitcher. I mean, if, if there were anyone who probably needs Brandon Woodruff, I think it's Dubner. Uh, I, I, I've i not been shy on this podcast of saying how much I like Dubner's team. Um, I don't think his offense needs Single thing, but another frontline starter to add to Fromber um, would probably really, really, really help. I'm not sure if Carrasco is coming back, Um, but just I mean, I think there's a really um, big difference between making trades for the purpose of finishing in either a playoff spot or first in your division, and then making trades for the purposes of the playoffs. My trades were for the purposes of finishing out the regular season. Uh, but I think that Dubner could make a trade for the purpose of, you know, the two, three weeks of playoffs. I think that'd be really valuable.
0: Yeah. I think if you see a way to strongly improve your roster, your, you know, your daily roster in the playoffs, then I can see doing it. Um, I made a trade a couple of years ago uh, with Peterson where I, I actually gave up Dansby Swanson, um, and I got back, um, uh, who's the center fielder? Oh, this is terrible podcasting. He played for, oh, Pollock. Uh, and, and, and center field, I was playing a scrub and it was like, I got back Pollock and I got back Dozier. I addressed my two biggest offensive weaknesses in one trade and it made sense. Uh, but I agree with you, like these rentals are hard because it's like, do you want to give up a major prospect this time of year when you're already in the playoffs, like, and it's going to be a roll of the dice. Right. Right. Like, you know, sometimes it it it's like it needs to be better value than that. And I think you that's- have to know.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you have to know what it is you're adding for. What are you What are you adding for? And if you don't know, and you're just adding for the sake of adding, I think it can you can get a little lost. But I mean, I, just looking at his roster once more. Um, Dubner is kind of in the position that I was in, where I was really looking for a shortstop right now. He's got, he's rolling out Nikki Lopez and he's got Taylor walls. who I used to have and waiting for Corey Seager to get back. I think Dubner would be a perfect um, trade candidate for Trevor story. And I don't know whether that takes a first round pick or a prospect or what, but um, I feel like Trevor story could benefit that team and put him over the top.
0: I don't think Dubner has enough. That's the problem. Enough. What? enough of anything to trade if you're sean you would you trade trevor story for a first round pick i wouldn't especially for yeah, I mean, the, and,
2: go ahead well i think i think especially well i think sean now is like you know do i i do i need to get blown away to actually trade my guys at this point yeah you know, maybe sean is i think if if Trevor Story was on, you know, another team, i think a first round pick is probably a fine move. i don't know if if a first round pick gets Sean to trade Trevor Story given the situation that we are in at the moment.
0: i wonder if there's like a the deals that never happened in LDB that i wish would are the ones where you see truly amazing players under control for a number of years getting traded for like the entire farm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, because I I, I'm not trying to match make here, but I think the trade that kind of makes sense is if Sean traded Devers and uh, Story and maybe Gallon and got back Vlad as an example, like that's the type of trade that I could <laughs> see making sense because if you get back the the, the true stud that's going to make you that much better the, the difference maker for seasons to come. It's not like he's not giving something up. Endeavors, like you know, but but there's still,
2: no, there's there's no way Dubner makes that trade. for, for like, Yeah, those, I those are straight if I had Vlad, Yeah, if I had Vlad, I would not make that trade. That's not. I, I would need like Sean's I don't even know if like I mean, this is mean. Never mind. There's a like is I don't know if there's a deal out there that like could get Dubner to trade Vlad. Um. You yeah, I, I don't. I just what, what Woodruff and Degrom and Chris Bryant and like, I mean, I don't know. That's probably not enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think Dubner will make moves. Uh, he'll find a way. He'll make moves. So.
2: Throw Kyle Tucker. Throw Kyle Tucker into that deal. There you go. Kyle Tucker. Ooh. Jacob Jacob Degrom. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, Chris Bryant for Vlad. Maybe that's what? the deal.
1: Or Wander. Maybe we're talking Wander at that point.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, similar. You know, want, you've got you
1: know, my let's, attention.
2: Let's, let's, let's make up trades for <laughs> trade plans.
0: Now we're like sixth graders uh, talking about uh, baseball trades. I told everyone it was going to be a different podcast. Uh, they were warned. If they're still listening at this point, that's on them. <laughs> um, so any other, like, major sellers that we want to cover? Uh, Star, Becker, like, any teams that you want to identify that you think have pieces that you think are going to go?
1: I mean, I think, I think Ryan sold me most of what he was going to sell. He might have some more pieces there. Um, we didn't
0: cover Peterson. Should we cover Peterson? I'm yeah, trying to... Peterson – I talked – I mean, I, I, I don't want to, like, dive on
2: too much, like, insider information. Peterson doesn't have – a ton left to trade um, he's valuing the keeper value of guys like Starling Marte and Salvador Perez really highly and I don't know that I don't know if those guys move the needle enough for a contender to give up what he wants for them and I don't really know that he has anybody else that anyone's going to be like falling over themselves to get I think Peterson's probably done trading
1: I think the guy is Carlos, and, are, at, and, and Anton's Corbin's got a lot,
2: lot to offer
1: uh, so I, I mean, Anton's got the two pitchers. He's got um, Snell. He's got Cranky. He's got, got Yelich. Yelich. He's got Whit Merrifield, who I think could be a huge piece. Um, he's not trading
2: Merrifield, though. I, I I inquired. It was not gonna. It was not to be. Unless you want. Unless you want
1: to pony up a huge price
2: for Merrifield.
1: I mean, it, I know I joked about this. It would not surprise me if we had some clarity regarding Bauer in the next. Thirteen days, um, which is I mean, a different I mean, conversation. The only, whether,
2: the only clarity we're the clarity we going to get on Bauer in the next thirteen days is he's done for the season officially. <laughs> I mean, that, the that only may,
1: that may be so, and I I can also see a universe where he he pitches again this year. So like I'm you know, which is not a different conversation of morally whether one wants to roster him, but um, yeah, I, I think I think he has a lot of. Um, I think Anton has a lot of pieces to sell and he can hold on to him just as well. And he'll have a good team next year, but he, he's in an interesting position.
2: Yeah. I'll say I, I was interested in Yelich. Uh, I mean, again, am going to divulge away too much information. I was interested in Yelich. I talked to him about Yelich. The price was high. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to get Nelson Cruz for, you know, a third of what he wants for Yelich and he probably, you know, is going to help my teams as much if not more. So, like he wanted a lot for Yelich. Like, In good I reason. don't know how good Christian good. Yelich is right now. I don't know. It's it's tough to know. He's he's kind of sucks since the beginning of last year. And like, you got to worry that like he's maybe not getting back to that like elite 2018 2019 level.
1: But sticking up for Anton, you can't sell Yelich low. You just, you just no. can't. Um, so I, I don't blame him one bit if,
0: um, if he was holding out for the right offer and
1: it may still come.
0: So are you guys with me as we wrap up this trade discussion that it seems likely that if there will be a flurry of moves, they're all going to happen with three days to go and less. That seems right. I'm seeing Becker nod. Yeah. Yeah. That-
1: I, th- I think so. I'm cause I'm done unless there are a few small little tweaks, but I don't see a big splash for me.
2: Yeah. I'm, I feel the same way. Like if someone, if there's an injury in the next two weeks, that's, that's the kind of thing that could drive need to make a, a bigger move than I was planning on otherwise. I think I'm probably done. I, I struggled, you know, I struggled trying to find, like, the right move for my team. Um, I had to get, like, someone who was going to be, you know, cruise-level bat, you know, or didn't really make sense for me to make a move. Or DeGrom. Like, it was like, those were the moves that made sense for me. I have I also, depth. I don't have, like, stars.
0: Yeah, I have. I have some, I have more depth that I could trade. I just don't know that I want to. Why would you trade though? Me?
2: Yeah.
0: I I I think as there's again as you look at my team, there's things that I could easily improve. Like um, so not to divulge too much into the secret sauce here, but I can I can do better at first base than CJ Krohn and Josh Bell. I mean I'm making it work there, but I could. I could do better's been
2: better. He's been better he's been better better
0: lately. He's been better lately. Um, you know, the Tommy Edmond experiment is useful in weeks where I need the stolen bases, Uh, but mostly, you know, Tommy Edmond and Jed Lowry at second is not awe-inspiring. The reason my offense is as good as it is, is because I have such a good outfield. Right. Um, and it holds up the rest of the lineup. Um, so like, I don't need to do anything. And, and, you know, to going back to what you were saying before about the MS contracts, like here are the guys I've hit on in hitters. Eric Haas has 13 homers out of the catcher position um i have uh, uh i'm not going to talk about toro hernandez because i think he's been a fail
1: at um, least uh uh,
0: uh adolis G- garcia has been great jed lowry's been solid um i've made it work and plus i also like waiting in the wings like i'm reading the news on uh eloy jimenez like every six minutes right now <laughs> I, I was i was just gonna ask you he, yeah he played a rehab he played his first rehab game right so uh like, this is where. Having, you consider bringing him up? If he comes up with like three weeks to go in the regular season, that would be a dream, because then I would be able to like see if he's actually playing well before the playoffs begin. And the White think,
1: Sox win a hundred games, and Tony LaRusso wins Manager of the Year.
0: I think the odds that that Eloy plays for the Dippers this year are about ten percent. That's what I'll say. It's not zero um but like if he comes back and he actually is playing well i can't keep him down because i know what i have but if he's still hurt and he's just rushing back then no i'm not gonna start the clock for no reason yeah
2: andrew vaughn is really tempting me man like uh, i don't know if anyone's paying attention to what you've done the last couple of weeks you've got like an 1100 ops in july it's like ah fuck (laughs) I, i pretty much decided not to bring him up well, this is, I
1: mean, I've, I've also thought about promoting guys in like the last week. Uh, I, I just think back to the the real life MLB parallel and I, I forget who it was. I, I, maybe the guy I'm thinking of is, is. Um, uh, Francis uh, Francisco Rodriguez from the angels who basically made his debut in the last week of the season for the angels and then won them a world series. I wonder if. Someone like Jazz could be that, right? Just promote him for stolen bases. Uh, so I think there, there there's value to that starting the clock if it's
0: if it's an impact guy. So before we wrap up, I do think we owe it to the league to talk about one more team, and that is our league leader right now in Brophy. Um, does Brophy make any moves? I, how, how nervous should he be about Kershaw? I think Kershaw comes back and... Uh,
1: Within three weeks. I don't know if he should be nervous, but
0: there's a forearm um, strain.
1: Forearm strain's no good, but um I mean Kershaw comes back from injuries after a few weeks and he's the
2: same Kershaw. I don't know, man. With 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 Kershaw and then Darvish just went to the IL too. I think Brophy maybe he's gonna go I he doesn't have a ton of oh god Savali's on the aisle too. Uh Brody could use a pitcher it turns out more than I realized. I didn't realize that both Savali and Darvish were on the aisle at the moment.
0: I didn't realize that Darvish had gone on the aisle. Is that just know. like some some like around the all-star break posturing to give him like an extra few days or is I that bet like it is
2: yeah he got he got pulled from his start uh they're saying hip inflammation. It doesn't seem like it's Super serious, but you know you don't like to hear that about you know your ace. <laughs> That's an artificial innings limit, is is
1: what I'm hearing. Uh, right around right, timed around the All Star break in like you know 15 days.
0: Yeah, give him give him one start off and then bring him back. I, I think
1: know. I think Brophy is is far and away the best team in the league. Um, I think he's you know if if we were putting odds on him, I, I'd say he's three to one to win the championship.
2: Three to one. Wow, that that, that no way. But okay. who who you got? I might better. give him the best odds, but like I mean, I might give Brophy the best odds, but playoff fantasy baseball it's a coin flip. I mean, every he's got to win.
0: He's got win two weeks. I will say this: I've been tracking how, like how my team would have done against him in all the weeks that I've played him <laughs> in recent weeks, and so he yes. beat me. He beat me nine three in a. Week where my pitchers put up like a two three ERA and a one oh five WHIP and like he beat me nine three, but the other weeks I would have beaten him. Hmm. So like I, I am paying attention mostly because you can never truly do that because matchup starts to play into it. Like you start benching guys because it's not worth risk and this and that, or you're just going for K's or whatever it is. But like you can get a big sense of if you're going to be competitive and if I. If I survive and get to play him in the in the federal championship, I think it's going to be a juggernaut matchup. That'll That'd be
1: great. great. That that's what, what, that's
0: I, solid
2: what I just plans. learned. What I learned today is that there is more of a market for a guy like Brandon Woodruff or a difference-making pitcher than maybe I appreciated. That like Josh and Dubner and Brophy
0: could all be in, who, in on that. And, and me, and I, I should be in on it too. I just don't want to do it right now. Um,
2: I'm sorry. Uh, I, I I think Brandon Woodruff ultimately gets traded and actually brings back a pretty good return because I think he's probably the most impactful player who gets moved. And, hey, the tones know, have, have to plenty of bullets
1: to fire. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe you go, maybe, maybe you're involved in Brandon Woodruff too. I mean, he, he, he would help you too.
0: Yeah. Gentlemen, I it's think. not going to be me. I need to start wrapping us up here a little bit. Um, but uh, either of you have anything else you want to cover before we, any, anything from the real MLB draft that you want to cover?
2: Uh, I, I would I would like to point out that Juan Soto did beat Shohei Ohtani in their Hell yeah. home run derby matchup, and so uh, Becker's bet is looking good.
1: Let's go, let's go, Juan Soto. Now, a real real MLB draft, I think um, like who was selected? So, Kam- Kamar Rocker is owned. Jack Leiter is owned. Was there anyone? Else? Oh, Jordan Lawler got selected Jordan on day one. He is owned. So, I think that's probably the extent of. LDB ownership I imagine there are, there will be a few guys who play um in the next double-a au- uh, auction it, it catchers are weird I was surprised that Henry Davis went number one um it might have been kind of a slot decision but uh, it'll definitely
2: be, a decision. yeah it'll
1: be interesting to see if somebody like that gets picked because he's not Adley um I'm not even sure he's Joey Bart at this point But, uh, I I mean, I think we did a a pretty – I always look back and see if we did a good job anticipating guys who were selected. And I think Lawler was a good selection. Marcelo Mayer would have been picked had this been a three-round double-A
2: draft in 2021. Sure. I don't know. I think he and Brady Brady House also might have gone – Nice to see Brady House fall to the, the Nats at 11. That, that was a nice pickup for them. I was very,
1: very excited about that. That's that's the impact bat and uh, prospect the Nats have kind of been lacking. Um, I actually thought about House for like half a minute in the 2021 draft
2: um, and then chose Elijah Green, but
1: I think he could be good.
2: People really like this Jackson Joby kid, and I know that, or Jackson Job. I don't know if Job or Joby, I don't know. High school pitchers are always risky but my god like the the both his statistics and like the the data i've seen on his pitches this the kid looks like a different kind of high school pitcher than we have seen
0: in many years so they're saying like best high school pitcher prospect in like five years i i understand that but i feel like that type of hyperbole we hear every year is rally pine in, in, in addition to that it's like I don't think I'm saying anything that's new or, you know, even that interesting. So I apologize to our listeners, but the reality is if you draft a a high school pitcher before he even gets drafted to a major league baseball team, it's kind of like trying to predict what you want for Christmas in 2029. Like you can go ahead and make a list, but like, it's not really going to come true. Like your odds are just really low. And the guys that do eventually pan out it's usually because something happened where they learned something that was not predictable so um, usually if the guys are getting drafted this early it's because they throw 102 miles an hour and great you know I, I hope your arm stays intact and on your on your body um, it, <laughs> usually it does not so um,
1: it's good wisdom
0: yeah the, the, the thing
2: about job or again I don't know job is, I, I believe job. he I believe he has Four pitches, which is you know not something you usually see with a high school, and, and he throws ninety nine, but he also has like other pitches, which is you know a rarity. Anyway, I've had I, I picked Tyler Colak when he was in high school. That did not go well. Fortunately, I traded him before that did not go well. But I, I understand that drafting a high school pitchers is not a good move in MLB. Yeah,
0: usually not. I mean, it, it occasionally pans out. Clayton Kershaw. Um, all right, guys, I got to go. Uh, I look forward to trying to get us back on track and doing this on the weekly. Um, and uh, I'm calling out the, the folks that have not been here. I think we need Jorvi and we need Dubner soon. Uh, maybe we, we get Jorvi soon so we can talk about what he does now uh, in light of what's happened. So I'll text him and see if we can get on for next week. Um, otherwise, I'll check you guys soon. All right, have a good one. Take care. Good luck with your Bye, everyone. Uh, good luck with your bet, Ear. I hope I hope you, you make some money tonight.
2: Thank you very much. All right. See ya. Go on, Toto.
1: Bye.